Words of wisdom. More than just words of wisdom, it's words of wisdom. Words of the past wisdom. six months or so have reinforced for all of us just how precious life is. It's also been a reminder of the importance of choosing someone to carry out our wishes should we reach that stage when we no longer have the mental capacity to do so. Being named power of attorney for healthcare may seem like an honor, and it is, but there's so much more to it for the person asking, but also for the person being asked. We learned this in episode 10 of the Advocate podcast. Brogan Dean is a lawyer and part of the Ward's lawyers team who practices in wills and estate planning. I met with her back in July at the Ward's offices in Lindsay. It's very difficult. It's an emotionally draining position for that individual to be in. It's a fiduciary relationship. So what that means is you're in a position of power. So you are responsible and it's your job to carry out that duty of care to make sure you're acting in their best interest. So there is a definitely, there's definitely a pendulum and you're looking at both sides of that spectrum, but it's better to put something in place prior to so you can have lessen the burden down the road. The biggest thing is to consider is the person who's acting. So whether or not you feel that they would be able to make that decision, it's emotionally taxing. So you're potentially in a situation where you have to deal with parents who are no longer, they've lived at home, they've been uh, independent, and you're now looking to potentially have to put them um, in a care facility. So it's something that's very taxing on family members and loved ones. So you really need to think about the person you're choosing to carry out those wishes for you to see whether or not they would be able to do that. If I'm that person who's putting together that document, how clearly do I spell out those things that A, if um, I can't do this, or if I can do this, then leave it up to me. Where, where do you, how well defined can that be? It's really difficult because what you put in writing carries a lot of weight because at the time when the person enters into that power of attorney for personal care, they have the capacity. So when you're looking down the road and it's something that it needs to be brought out because there may be a potential for the capacity to um, no longer be there. They slip. They slip, yeah. And it's uh, it can happen very quickly or it could happen years down the road or it couldn't happen at all. So mm -hmm. the biggest thing is making sure you have the conversation. It's not just as much as putting it in a document and then you're signing it and moving on. It's more or less having that conversation before you actually start the process. I think that's the biggest thing to take away. Let's say it's myself. If I'm deciding to have that conversation with whether it's a brother, a sister, or, or a son or my wife, what would you encourage in that conversation that I have with that person? Yeah, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is their wishes. So if their wish is to stay at home for as long as possible for for the duration of time that they do have the capacity and they're able to do so, then that's important to relay to your family members or whoever you have acting. And I think the biggest thing too is you know, when you're looking at wishes down the road, if it is living in a long-term care home or in the, when you are in the hospital, it's more what your decisions would be at that time. Typically, it's family members that are acting on behalf of the individual who is putting that power of attorney in place. And I think a lot of the times people don't want to have those difficult conversations and they don't think about it. They think if they don't deal with it, then it's not going to be an issue. As a young lawyer myself, I do find that I'm not just dealing with people my parents' age, I'm dealing with an entire age range of people who really are coming in because they don't want to put that burden on someone else. While the lawyers 
role and responsibility is to assess capacity before they enter into the power of attorney. You are consulting with healthcare professionals to ensure that the capacity is there. So if they can make decisions on their own, then that's going to be the decision that's made and they're going to look at that first. So you definitely aren't going to arbitrarily be the person who decides I'm going to be acting as attorney and the decision is on solely on that person. It's going to be with the consultation of a healthcare professional because they're the best person to see the capacity and see the situation. So you're looking at medical treatment or you're looking at uh, that type of care to ensure that the right person is making the decision and that should always be up to the individual unless there's capacity issues. Why is it important to have a lawyer look through this in the end? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people going, well, hey, listen, I sat down with person X who's going to take care of all of this. We'll just sign off on it and put it in a safety deposit box. Yeah, it's a good question. I think the biggest thing is that this conversation doesn't typically happen. So when we do have clients coming in, we raise questions with them that they wouldn't necessarily think of. More so if it is, you know, family. So you're looking at who you name. So that person is considered your attorney. And whether or not you want to name more than one person plays a big factor as well. So their proximity to where you are. If you do have multiple people, if you're naming them jointly, so that would mean they make decisions together or jointly and severally. So that term is used when you have two people acting. So if you name two individuals to be your attorney, but they don't necessarily both have to physically be there to make that decision. But I think a lot of the time, clients worry about leaving out family members in the fear of that they'll feel like they're Left excluding. Yeah, yeah, excluding them, which isn't the case. It should be looked at. It really is a, it's a burden when you're dealing with those types of situations. It's a lot of responsibility. I think... A big thing to deal with when you're looking at who to name is the relationship that you have with them. I know certain people will have a harder time dealing with an emotional decision that they have to make. It is going to be a difficult one. So naming someone who you trust, but who you also know is going to act in your best interest, it's it's not going to be an easy decision to make. And these are difficult things that will come up when you're dealing with uh, healthcare decisions. It's a strong personality that you're going to have to have. It almost sounds, Brogan, like in some cases you, you'll be choosing someone who is not your quote-unquote favorite person <laughs> or your fam- favorite family member, but somebody that you know that, yeah, they kind of get under my skin, but they're the kind of person who can keep their head down and really get this done. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, in, in Ontario you have the two powers of attorney. So you have power of attorney for your finances, so that's for property, and then you have one for personal care. Both could be two very different people. You know, you have someone who would be better off dealing with finances, dealing with the money side of things, and then you have someone who can make those decisions despite it being an emotional one. And they may have two completely different sets of qualities and characteristics. That's right. Brogan Dean is a lawyer who practices in wills and estate planning. She is part of the team at Ward's Lawyers, official sponsor of the Advocate Podcast. For all your legal needs, including wills and estate planning, find them at wardlegal.ca. (laughs) 